Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, folks. This is Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, joining you on Calvary Live here. Appreciate you all tuning into the program. Welcome to everybody in the Front Range in Colorado and Wyoming, and of course, all of our friends on the East Coast, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, listening on Hope FM on the East Coast. Welcome to you and Grace FM uh, here in the Rocky Mountain region. Welcome to all of you. I've got a number for you. You probably heard it just a moment ago, but in case you didn't jot it down or don't know it by heart, if you want to join us on the air with your question, 303-690-3000. That's the number to call. Uh, you can all use that number and get through to the program here, and we'll answer your questions about the Bible and about Christianity. 303-690-3000. If you prefer to text, you can do so at 720-336-0897, and uh, we'll do our best as well to get to those questions uh, that are texted into us. Uh, but I prefer to just talk to you in person. It's a lot easier to get uh, more a more accurate sense of what your question is and just enjoy having you join me on the air. So uh, if you'd like to do that, 303-690-3000. I mentioned I'm Jason Vandeveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get information about our fellowship at Calvary Chapel parker.com that's calvarychapelparker.com we've got uh, audio video messages for you for free there to download stream throughout the entire bible uh, all sorts of other resources you can take advantage of and if you're going to be in the parker colorado area uh, you can contact us or get directions uh, from the website to join us next opportunity you'll have to do so uh, will be this evening actually 7 p.m our midweek service at calvary chapel parker we're continuing in the book of deuteronomy we'll be looking at chapters 9 through 12. You know, a lot of Christians avoid the book of Deuteronomy, uh, but it was one of the most quoted books by Jesus himself. In fact, one of the most quoted books in all of the New Testament. And uh, our study in there uh, so far has uh, just been amazing. So if you want to join us tonight, we'll catch you up and you can continue on with us. We'll be in uh, a message entitled Possess the Land, Deuteronomy chapters 9 through 12. And we've been looking about at the uh, entry in into the promised land or the preparation really uh, for entry into the promised land, the re-giving of the law to the generation that would enter into the land. And of course, the land is a picture of new life and our walk in Jesus Christ. And so uh, we'll be talking more about that building on that idea tonight, Calvary Chapel Parker. You can also join us Sunday, 10 o'clock for our regular service, 10 a.m. in the morning, Christmas Eve, and then 6 p.m., on Christmas Eve as well. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Diane and Greeley. Uh, Diane, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, I just was wondering, um, how does how does a person know what God's will is for their life? Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's a very good question, and, and I think that it, the answer is twofold. First of all, there, there are some things uh, that are very clearly laid out in Scripture, and they're universal uh, for all people. Um, in other words, uh, we know that, that God's desire, first of all, uh, is that we be saved. Now, obviously, because you're answering this question, um, you you probably already crossed that uh, marker, but but that's really the first step. Is is that it, it's God's will uh, that that no one would perish. In fact, uh, Peter tells us that uh, over in First Peter uh, that that God is in fact willing that none would perish, but that all, uh, or actually Second uh, Peter, uh, but that all would come to repentance. Second Peter chapter three verse nine. So so that's the first step. God desires everybody to be saved. Now, obviously, everybody isn't, and that's because God in His will won't step upon the free will of individuals either, and he allows them to choose. But then beyond that, we see other things in Scripture. We see that that God is desiring not for us to just be saved, but that God is desiring for us to grow, Um, that God, in giving the Great Commission, desires for us to have a heart for the lost and to to reach out to those who don't yet know Jesus Christ, that God desires for our life uh, to bring him glory, that he desires for our lives uh, to be holy. There's, There's all of these things that we glean from the Scripture, but then then there's the the specific, which I I gather is probably well. That's why most people ask, and and Diane, maybe that's why you're asking the question. Then there's the specific will of God for right. my life. It, you know, mm-hmm. who who should I marry? Where where am I supposed to live? Where should I where should I work? These these kinds of things. And and what I would answer to people's question about that is is then it becomes uh, a matter of God's Spirit uh, revealing His specific will to you uh, for your life in every situation. And and the way that works is is that as you are a Christian, as you're a believer, as you're you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and as you you get to know Him better, and as you make some mistakes, you begin to to learn how to discern the voice of God and the will of God in your life. And and I encourage people don't you know don't be afraid uh, to to live and to pray and to to step out in faith as you're trying to discern the will of God, because sometimes as you do, you'll discover that something isn't the will of God, but God will very clearly reveal it, you can back up and you can go in another direction. So, so the best way to find out what God's will for your life is, is to be, as Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else is going to be added unto you. And as you're seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, as you're moving forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ, as you're praying uh, about every decision that you're making and yielding it to the will of God, um, Jesus taught his disciples and taught us to pray in his his his, his uh, model prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, ultimately, that's a, a prophetic prayer. That's really an end times prayer. It's a prayer looking to the reign of Jesus Christ on earth. But, but it also needs to be true in our lives each and every day, right? And so we begin to pray, Lord, your will be done in my life. And then we move forward as we're seeking him. And sometimes we know ahead of time, yes, this is my will. This is the way. Uh, walk in it. And other times we, we don't know exactly and we begin to kind of go forward and trust the Lord. And he shows us, yes, in fact, this is my will. Or he says, no, it wasn't. You need to back up and you need to go in a different direction. But I found when you step out in faith, you learn the will of God. You learn, yes, indeed, this was the will of God, or you learn, no, in fact, it wasn't. And, and the will of God then becomes clear even in our mistakes. Okay. Do you have a particular situation that that, uh, concerns you in this regard or that causes you to think about this? I I do. I uh, um, I have a grandson. He's four, 
and I've had custody off and on and been his main caretaker. And um, I lost him to the other side of the family. And, you know, I raised him to believe in the Lord and he can say Hebrew prayers. He's just really close to Jesus. And I just really thought that God was going to allow him to stay with me, but it went the other direction. And he's now in a home where there, I mean, there's no thought of God at all or prayer or anything. And, um, and I just didn't, know if maybe I did something wrong or you know I I want to when you were talking I I immediately uh, my mind immediately went to the story of Joseph and uh, you know Joseph being sold into slavery in 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 Egypt and and uh, we think about Romans chapter 8 and and we know that that God is using uh, all things for good for those who love him who are the called according to his purpose right and 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 that's so true and illustrated in the life of Joseph that even being sold into slavery and and taken down to Egypt is a symbol of the world and yet I love what Joseph says in chapter 50 uh, verse 20 when when uh, he talk he's talking about God's God's good in all of it and God's purpose in all of it. And he, and he says to his brothers, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. So as I, I think about your grandchild and, and think about you and, and the great work that you have done in helping to raise him and how, for whatever reason, God has allowed that to, to end and now he's in a different situation, um, I just trust in the will of God uh, for his life. Uh, I trust in the love of God uh, for him, and I trust in the work that uh, that God has done through you already as a foundation uh, in his life. And so I just encourage you that way. And 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 if you if you have the time, I'd love to pray for you before you go. Thank you. Yeah, you bet, Father. We just thank you for Diane, and Lord, I just thank you for her heart uh, for you, Lord. Uh, how much she she clearly loves you, and <clears throat> Lord, how much she loves this 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 child, Lord. As as uh, Lord, you've just done a neat work in their lives, bonding them together. But Lord, for whatever reason, um, he's been removed from her home, and so Lord, we we just pray that you would keep him, Lord. That uh, that that foundation that Diane has uh, helped to establish in your son would remain. That even in an environment where others don't know you, uh, who don't know you, are raising him, uh, Lord, that you would cause him to still prosper and thrive in his relationship with you. That you would pour out your spirit upon him. That you would use him mightily for your glory. That that somehow or another he would be able to be in fellowship and be taught your word and be able to worship and praise you and and to continue in 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 that which has been established. And Lord, if you're willing that if somehow uh, she would be able to raise him again, if that's your desire, if she would be able to care for him again, if that's your desire, uh, Lord, that you would you would open a door for that. Uh, But whatever it is, Lord, we pray that you would reveal your glorious purpose uh, in this and allowing it all to happen, that you would reveal the good, uh, Lord, for we know it's there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless. Yeah, God bless you, Diane. Did you need anything else? I don't want to cut you off too soon. 
No, but do you think God will keep the sadness away from him? You know, I I think that that sometimes God doesn't always spare us sadness in life, but he does use it. And um, as someone who, as a child, uh, experienced uh, uh, a a lot, and hopefully he doesn't experience some of the things uh, that some people do as children, but even if he does, uh, Lord, that the Lord would, would be able to deliver him even through that, and that the Lord would make him the person that he would have him to be even through that. And okay. so, you know, that, that, that's my encouragement to you. Uh, I pray that he wouldn't have to experience it at all, and I believe that God can. And, and if that's God's will and his desire, that he will. Um, but e- even if he doesn't, even if you begin to see things or, or realize that, it, that it, it's less than an ideal situation, I just know that, that God is greater and God can work through anything, even, even very difficult situations uh, such as he's in. Okay, so remain faithful and trust God. Just trust the Lord. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop doing whatever you can to to be able to minister to be a part of His life, okay, as much as they'll, as much as as much as they'll allow you, right? Yes, which they're <laughs> not. But I'll just yeah. keep on praying. <laughs> well, we're gonna pray that changes. Thank you, sir. Yep. God bless you, Diane. Thank Have a merry you, Christmas God. and a, and a merry, wonderful merry evening. Merry Christmas. Okay, yeah. You too. Okay. Three oh three. Yep. God bless you. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Crystal and Aurora. Crystal, welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for having me on. Um, I just had a quick question. Uh, well, something that's been kind of a worry on my heart. Mm-hmm. I just kind of worry about the way the country is going, and it might be a little out there, but just something that's been a worry on me is the possibility of a war with the way things are going with. Other countries, North Korea, or a possible recession with the crash of the U.S. dollar, just all these kind of mm-hmm. unknowns that might not ever happen, but that just are causing me true anxiety. And not mm-hmm. really for myself and what I would go through, but I have two little girls. Sure. I just worry so much. I, I know that they'll be saved. I know that they'll be in, in God's arms and, and spending eternity in heaven. They're so young. But mm-hmm. more so what we'll have to endure here on earth before that time comes. I worry so much about watching them suffer, and it's just been on me so much lately that I'm, I'm having legitimate anxiety where I can't sleep, and I'm just, mm. I just can't shake it. And I pray so hard, like, wash these feelings away from me. Let me, you know, let me feel the safety, but it's mm-hmm. just affecting my daily life right now, and I would just love any words of wisdom or encouragement. Sure. Are you willing to share it? <laughs> yeah. Um, what are the ages? You have two girls? Yeah, I have two, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So okay. Still real young. Okay. Um, you know, the, the verse, and you probably know this verse, but, but um, just because we know it, um, you know, doesn't mean that we always uh, remember to do it. But, but in Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 6 and 7, just uh, a verse that constantly comes to my mind when I'm uh, – feeling similar to you when I'm anxious or, um, you know, when I find myself getting worried. Uh, I, I, I love what Paul says there. He says, be anxious for nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and then he tells us how. He tells us how. You say, well, that's easy. But then he tells us how. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And here's the great part. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, so what you're asking for is the peace of God. 
what, what you're asking for is, is the peace of God that passes understanding to guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But the problem is, is that you're anxious. And so what is in between those two things? He says, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And so what, what we find is, is that when we get anxious, then all the more we need to stop. We need to pray. In fact, maybe we may find ourselves praying all, all day long. And I can, yes. That's been, and, I've actually got that verse, and I've yeah. been kind of repeating it to myself before that's I good. sleep at night, <laughs> just that, so I could have a little comfort. But I've, I've been talking keep, to God keep all doing day it. the past few days, but I just... Keep doing it. The, the second thing that I, that I would throw out to you is this. You know, um, there's no argument here. I mean, obviously, if you look at North Korea, if you look at uh, Iran, if you... Um, you know, look at, at what's going on in Israel, if you look mm-hmm. what's going on in, in, in Russia. I mean, you, you can look in any direction uh, on the globe and, and you know, uh, <laughs> there's legitimate things to be, be concerned about. And then, as you mentioned, um, you know, you can look within our own country. We can look at the, own, the, the division that we experience. We can, we can look at the financial things uh, uh, that, that uh, we may be facing. And, and there's a lot of things to, to worry about. Now, I don't suggest that, that you bury your head in the sand. Uh, but at some point, it's good to just stop, to be aware of those things, but just to stop and, and not focus so much on those things, but just to focus on the Lord and to focus on what he's done. Not what might happen to you, but what he's done. And that's the key there. He says, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. If you start just th- thanking God for everything that he's done. And then I want to take you in a different direction. Then there's the reality because a lot of times we're praying, we're so worried because suffering is going to come. And look, none of us wants to suffer, uh, but what I can tell you is, is that some of the most fruitful times of my life and in my children's lives were times of suffering. And so as much as we want to avoid suffering, we've also got to realize that, that times of suffering need to come in all of our lives, and we should never pray uh, that the Lord would keep our children from all suffering um, because then we're really robbing them from everything that God can do in their life. And so we pray that God would keep them through uh, great suffering, that God, that if these things do come and, and something's going to, you know, something's going to come in their life. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what and how many things, um, that God would keep them through those things and, and that God would strengthen them uh, in those experiences. And I think that that I'll, that'll take it away because then you're not depending on God to remove every trial from their life, uh, but God to preserve them through those trials and to protect them. I appreciate that. That just brought a calmness over me. I think it put things a little more in perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate that. I'll continue to pray. And is there any other verses that you might think are chapters that I should focus on? Well, of course, there's there's uh, Jesus where he talks us talks to us about uh, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 about not worrying about our life for sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And as I quoted to the last caller, he talked, but then he says, you know, uh, seek first the kingdom of God. And so, so oftentimes uh, uh, it's about choices. 
you know, and, and worry ultimately becomes a choice. Um, anxiety becomes a, becomes a choice. You know, do I choose to, to dwell on these things in the night hours and, and, and all the day long? Or do I choose to, to focus on the Lord and to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness? And, and sometimes it's constantly reminding yourself to make the right choice and to stop going down the path of the wrong choice and get back on the path of the right choice. So I'd send you to Matthew chapter 6 as well. Great. Great. Thank can you I, so much. I appreciate you, it. You bet. Can I pray for you, Crystal, before you go? Please. Yes, please. Father, we just uh, thank you so much for Crystal. I thank you for her call. I thank you for her heart. I thank you for her children. Uh, Lord, I pray, first of all, for these children, Lord, that they would be uh, brought up in, in, in the ways of you, Lord, that they would uh, know you as they get older and as they come to that place where they would choose you, uh, that they would indeed choose you and that they, you would prepare a path before them, that you would prepare their entire life uh, before them. And Lord, uh, no matter what that may entail, whether it be hardship, uh, whether it be a, a, a life of blessing, certainly it's going to be a combination uh, of those two. Lord, we pray that you would use it all for their glory, to bless them and to grow them. And Lord, we know uh, that that uh, suffering is is not unusual in our lives. Lord, suffering is not uh, something that, that uh, you can't work through. In fact, Lord, uh, you do some of your best work in difficulty. And so whatever difficulty may come in this country, we certainly do pray for our nation. Uh, we pray for revival. We pray for your peace uh, to be upon this nation. We pray for the salvation of our leaders. We pray for the protection uh, of your people. But Lord, whatever may come, uh, we just know that, uh, that you will keep us uh, in perfect peace whose minds uh, are stayed on you, Lord. And we pray uh, that uh, as we pray and as we offer thanksgiving and as we worship you, uh, that you will keep our minds uh, in perfect peace and, and that you will remove all of that anxiety. And so, Lord, I just pray that uh, for Crystal, Lord, that you would just continue to give her a peace, uh, that you would continue to, to bless her, that you would continue to use her, that you would continue to speak to her through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. Hey, I really appreciate your call. God bless you, Crystal. Bless you. Hey, folks, if you want to join me on the program here, 303-690-3000. This is Jason Vanderveer, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. Let's take another call. Let's go to Caleb in Denver. Caleb, welcome to the program. Hi, Caleb. Can you hear me? Did we lose Caleb? We might have lost Caleb. Uh, We'll work on getting Caleb back on. Let me give you the numbers once again if you want to join me on the air here on Calvary Live. 303-690-3000. That's the number to call if you want to be on the program here. I'm Jason Vandever. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, as I mentioned uh, just a moment ago. If you want to join us, you can join us tonight, 7 p.m. as I continue uh, with all of you. Looking forward to that in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 9. We'll be going through chapters 9 through 12 here tonight. Then if you want to join us on Sunday, Christmas Eve, we've got service uh, at 9 or nine a.m. at 10 a.m. I'm changing the service time. Service at 10 a.m., uh, our regular Sunday morning service. And then we've got our Christmas Eve service uh, that evening, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. So we'd love to have you come and join us uh, for one or both of those. Uh, be two different services, uh, our, our uh, regular Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. and then a special Christmas Eve service at 6 p.m. So just encourage you, if you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area, go to calvarychapelparker.com or uh, give us a call. You can contact us. All our contact information is at calvarychapelparker.com and, and you can uh, come on out and make plans to join us. Uh, looks like we... We, uh, we don't have 
Caleb, but that's okay. Uh, Caleb, if uh, we lost you, give us a call back. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's take a text question. I got a text question here. This is, how does prayer work? What exactly happens when we pray? <clears throat> is there some unseen activity uh, that is happening? Well, I, I think that, that in understanding prayer, we've got to understand, first of all, what exactly prayer is. Um, a lot of people have the wrong idea about what prayer is. They think maybe a prayer is something that you you read from a book or, or they think that it is some sort of mystical utterance. Um, prayer is simply having a conversation with God. Uh, it is it is communing with God, and and there are different aspects to prayer. There, uh, there, there is certainly an aspect to prayer of where we we worship God, uh, where we fellowship with God, and then where we make intercession uh, and uh, let our requests be made known to God, as we just talked about a moment ago uh, with with Crystal. And so, what happens is is that uh, when when we pray. Uh, to the Lord, and, and, and Jesus gives us a very clear prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer, uh, but it's really a, a, a disciple's prayer. It's a, it's a model prayer. It's a framework uh, for prayer. What happens is, is that whatever we pray uh, in his name, uh, we have. Jesus tells us that 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 uh, whatever you ask for uh, in my name, uh, I will do it. Uh, and of course, uh, James tells us that sometimes we have not because we ask amiss. And so then it goes back to our first caller, Diane, and what is the will of God? We've got to be asking and praying uh, according to the will of God. But whatever we pray according to the will of God, what happens then in prayer is, is that we unleash the will of God. Now, what we see also in James, he says, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. So two problems in prayer. Sometimes we ask amiss, uh, sometimes we don't ask. And so sometimes there are things that God is waiting to do, but he is waiting for us to, to unleash his plan, his will, his purpose, his action in prayer. And uh, that is the, the, the wisdom of God. That is the sovereignty of God that he chooses many times to wait for us to pray uh, in order that uh, things might be accomplished through our prayer. So to answer your question specifically, succinctly, how does prayer work? Well, prayer works in that we stop and we talk to God. And when we, when we talk to God, God responds to our prayer. And it's as simple as that. So hopefully uh, that uh, clearly and succinctly uh, answers, uh, answers your question there. I didn't get a name on that, but appreciate uh, that text question. Hey, if you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And uh, let's go to John in Denver. John, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, quick question. Um, yeah. As uh, being a Christian, um, do we support prosperity preaching? Is that something that we uh, should be involved in, I guess? Um, and the reason why I ask that question is um, I'm a big supporter of Christian music, and mm -hmm. I came across a Christian station that was promoting prosperity uh, sure. conferences. Okay. And I was concerned with that. And, sure. um I yeah. called that organization and asked to talk to somebody about that, and they never called me back. So right. I'm wondering, you know, do we back away from 
those uh, organizations. Sure. Let, let, me, uh, let me define something, not so much for you, but maybe for some people listening and maybe for the sake of our conversation. So if we're talking about prosperity teaching, usually what we're talking about, and I'm sure what, what you're referring to, is this kind of health and wealth gospel, as I like to call it, um, where you know, they, it, it, it's, a, it's a, a preaching that is, is unfortunately very popular, not just in the United States, but, but around the world that, you know, if you just serve Jesus, that God is going to bless you and he's going to make you rich. And, and if you just send money to this particular preacher, then God is going to bless you and make you rich. So on, God's going to heal every sickness that you have and so on and so forth. If you just give him enough money and, and mm-hmm. it's, it, and it's absolutely, and that's an, a simplification of it, but not, not too much. <laughs> I mean, if you listen and, and so, mm-hmm. you know, the, the reality, reality of that is, is that that is false teaching. Um, so the prosperity doctrine or is false doctrine. Um, yes, God does love you and have a wonderful plan for your life, um, but that doesn't always mean material things. So uh, do me a favor, uh, John, so I don't uh, have to cut uh, our conversation short. You might be able to hear the music. We got to take a short break here, but let's uh, let's go ahead and pick up the remainder of the conversation if you can stay with me on the, on the other side of the break, okay? And and folks, if you're hanging on, keep hanging on. We'll get to you after the break. There's going to be more to Calvary Live. Jason Vandiver with you. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. If you want to join me, 303-690-3000. Before we went into that break, we were talking to John about the question of supporting organizations uh, that in turn uh, are promoting prosperity preachers. Um, and, and so, John, um, I think, you know, throughout the scripture and places uh, like Second uh, Peter chapter 2 and um, the book of Jude and elsewhere, um, we see that you know, there, there are going to be false teachers. Uh, Paul talks about it uh, to Timothy, that there are going to be false teachers and false preachers in the last day. And, uh, you know, we reject people uh, with these divisive doctrines. We, we don't support them. Um, and, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, I, I, look at, I look at the money that I give, and, and I'm sure you do as well, as an investment. And so I want to invest in the kingdom, and I want to make the best spiritual investment. Jesus says, lay up your treasure in heaven where moth and rust can't decay. And so that's exactly what I want to do. I want to invest in, in ministries that are going to give me, just like if you were to invest in the stock market, the greatest return, uh, ROI, or return on your investment. And so what you want to be doing is looking at those ministries, whether it's a radio station, whether it's a church, whether it's a mission organization, wherever you put your money, uh, you want to be looking at those organizations that are truly preaching uh, the gospel. And if you find organizations that, well, they have a little bit of that, but that they're also preaching this other stuff over here, they're supporting this guy that's a, that's a false teacher, I would say that, that, that that's a place that you don't want to be putting your money. Yeah, and, and I kind of felt that in my spirit. Um, like yeah. I said, you know, this is a uh, Christian uh, radio station that a lot of Christians listen to. Sure. And just caught my ear one day on who they were um, presenting and, I guess, representing, too. Sure. So I called them, and I had some questions about uh, that person, and they put me on hold for a while and listened to some great music, and then somebody came back, and <laughs> they were like, well, somebody will get back to you, sir. And that was probably about three weeks ago. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, they didn't, I don't think, honestly wanted to uh, answer my questions on who they were um, yeah. bringing uh, forward uh, on this uh, conference. And, you know, it was just, you know, I had talked to several people about that situation, and they're like, you know, you can still kind of just maybe listen to their station and mm-hmm. and the music, but you don't really have to um, what they're presenting either. You know, sure. not all Christian music is bad. You know, I mean, there is some, right. you know, things in and that still has some secular overtone, I think. But yeah. um, it just, you know what, I just don't want to be straddling the fence, I think. Yeah, you know, right. I just want to do what God wants and step away from all the other stuff that we shouldn't be doing or listening to. Well, here's, and you know, you did the right thing. First of all, you did the right thing by just giving them a call and asking them about it. You know, just in 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 a loving, respectful, humble way. Hey, these are my sure. questions, and and you know, what's your thought? You know, on this, what 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 is your perspective on this? Now, the fact that mm-hmm. they 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 didn't answer you or they haven't answered you yet um, is is perhaps telling. And you don't need to make a big deal. You don't, and you're not, but you don't need to make a big deal. It's just, hey, you know, maybe I need to just move on. I can tell you that yeah. there 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 are plenty, especially with the internet now. Uh, there are plenty of, of good uh, avenues, this station right here, Grace FM, uh, to listen to good teaching and to listen to uh, good Christian music um, that is uplifting and that is going to minister to you uh, without having to compromise and support an organization that is supporting other things. And so um, all you have to do is just choose those those avenues and put your time yeah. and your listening and your, and, and your support and your money in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know yeah, what? Other, I was going to say, and what, and what other people do is up to them. You know, if they want to continue listening, that's fine. You know, that's between them and the Lord. Yeah, and I think also, you know, we want to, you know, inform people. You know, hey, you know, this is mm-hmm. kind of what I picked it up, and to share it because a lot of people, yeah, um, maybe won't hear something that maybe somebody's uh, hearing. So I yes. think it's important that we teach each other and alert uh, each other to uh, some of those situations out there that are trying to draw people in the wrong direction. Yeah, well, exactly. You're going to come across Christians, they may be younger believers, or they may lack a certain amount of discernment, or, you know, or they just may not be aware of some of the same information you're aware of, and you can say, hey, look, this is why I made my decision. These are the things, you know, that these teachers who are are promoted for this conference and by this radio station, these are the things that they teach and they believe. And and this is why, you know, this is why I've made the decision that I made. I encourage you to to look at it and, and pray about it and to make your own decision. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. right. Well, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And it sounds like um, kind of what I was telling in my spirit. Yeah. To it off and to walk away from it altogether. You know, um, I think that is probably the correct thing to do. So, well, if God is, especially since God is 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 giving you that uh, sense, um, I found it's always best not to to question what you feel God is is telling you uh, in that type of situation, but just to go with it. So, yep. God bless you, John. Hey, I really appreciate you calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Take care. Hey folks, Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live 303-690-3000. Let's go to Brad in Sioux City, Iowa. Hey Brad, welcome to the program. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm just driving through here and I heard you on the radio, sir. I appreciate it. I appreciate you waiting so patiently too. What's on your mind? God bless you. Yeah, I got uh, another friend of mine uh, runs uh, some Calvary stuff in Sioux City. He's from L.A. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I definitely admire that 
a lot of your stuff is, you know, you're biblically bound uh, in terms of how you live your life and what you're doing. And, uh, I, you know, I, my question is along, pretty much along the same lines as the last guy. Okay. Um, there's just, I, if I use the word uh, without it being bad, but there's a lot of garbage um, mm-hmm. that try to uh, pretty much uh, snatch snatch onto the faith and, and claim Christianity when, you know, it's a lot of it is you know, a lot of people are too bored with the basic Christianity because, you know, I, I would have to say go go and preach the prosperity gospel to Paul while he's in prison or Paul while he's on a shipwreck. <laughs> you know, I don't think he would. Right. He, I don't, you know what I mean? It just, so anyway, uh, I'll just get to my question. And uh, I'm with the young man that was just taught, you know, there's just a lot of garbage out there. We got to. We got to be bound and to to the truth, and you know we I, inside the faith. I get persecuted inside the church, inside the faith itself. We're sure. just standing for the truth, and that's you know what we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to have those issues, but we do, and it's and it's and it's and it's a disgrace, and it's abomination, and it's just and it's very uh, um, disappointing that we actually got to deal with that stuff inside the faith, and and so uh, Satan is disguised as an angel of light, and I deal with that daily. Uh, my Five years ago, I married an individual. Um, I I had uh, an idea that I, I should walk away, and I tried, and it, I didn't walk far enough and fast enough. So I pretty much ended up marrying a woman that's into uh, dreams and uh, listening to, trying to hear God all the time. And she, you know, went around in the church and said, God told me to name my daughter Anna, and it's going to be a girl. Well, my son Samuel wasn't a girl, and just a lot of false <laughs> things. And not that I, not that I've been wrong. Not that I haven't, you know, said things that weren't correct, but I don't go out false prophesying and 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 uh, pretty much living contrary to how God would want me to live. So I pretty much married a false teacher, a false prophet, mm-hmm. and uh, I moved out like two years ago. There'd been infidelity, but I didn't necessarily see it personally. But I just, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to be physically intimate to cheat, you know. Yeah. And so uh, she just don't grasp that. She'll never come to. She's apologized for things, but she hasn't. She won't apologize for the for the adultery in itself, you know. And 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 it's just, you know. I said a house. I said I said I said I told her I said a house that is div- divided cannot stand. It says that in the Bible, you know. Said, We're divided because I'm over here standing for the truth, and then she calls me a bully and a jerk when I use it the Bible the way I'm supposed to use it and show her things that you know that's. You know, we can go on this. We can talk, start talking about the submission thing. We can start talking about, you know, uh, all just all kinds of stuff. You know, yeah, so I don't. You know, I, I, so my question is, I'm married to a false prophet. Uh, I'm trying to get the kids, you know, to my church. I go to a Baptist church where the, where the truth is preached, and try to get, mm-hmm. you know. But I drive truck and I'm on the road, so um, I guess advice and prayer about this situation, sir. Yeah, and and I'll pray with, pray with you, Brad, before uh, before you go. But you know, uh, I was mentioning uh, to to John as well. You know, the the words of the Apostle Paul in Second Timothy chapter three, and and he tells us, you know, know this: in the last days, perilous times will come. You know this passage. He says that men are going to be lovers in themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self control, brutal, despisers of good. And he goes on and on. But then he says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, you know, religious 
false prophets in many cases, and they creep into households and make captives, he says, of gullible women, and always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then he, he speaks of two false prophets uh, in the time of Moses, the, the magicians, Janus and Jambres. And, uh, and, but then he says this, they will progress no further, their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs was also. And then I love verse 10. Beginning in verse 10, but you, and, and this is, you asked for advice, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. And then he says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So I love how he just says, you've, you've, you've carefully done these things. You've followed my doctrine. You've stayed in the word, in, in manner of life, living godly and in purpose uh, to, to love God and to love others and to preach the gospel in faith, in long-suffering, in patience, love, perseverance, persecutions, and afflictions. And that's my encouragement to you. It sounds like you're enduring a little bit of all, all of that. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep be, being faithful. Keep loving your children. Keep loving others. Keep preaching the gospel. Keep praying and realize that everything that's going on around you, uh, as painful it is, as it is day in and day out, um, is exactly uh, as, uh, as God told us it would be, that uh, Jesus Christ is still on the throne and God's plan and purpose is unfolding Amen. perfectly Amen. before Amen. our eyes. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. As, e- even in difficulty, be encouraged, Brad. Yeah, the, I guess the most recent was is, is there was a she, – she said she had she had been having a – she's almost 40, and she's been having a 20-year-old man stay there on and off. And she said, oh, well, I'm ministering to him. And I'm like, do you know what that looks like when yeah. you got a guy staying in your house by yourself? Sure. You Let know, me pray. It's just – it's just – it's just – and she's, she'll, she'll, she'll lie to the grave, you know, just – yeah. And it says that in, in uh, Second Peter chapter two, it talks about it too. So you know, yeah. and I haven't been. My walk hasn't been perfect either. You know, because being with being with the, the Bible talks about you know uh, if you're with uh, a, a poisonous person, it's like a decaying in the bones. You know, if you're with a yep. contentious wife, talks yep. all about that. You know, I know what it says. So you know, I'm, I'm, it's taken me two years just to recuperate from being with her. You know, and uh, you know, I I haven't been. Per, you know, I've. I've been angry, and, and she has incarcerated me for things that I've said, and, you know, I've been angry. Hey, Brad, and, you know, let I've, me just, been, uh, let me just pray been, for you, you know, Brad. Uh, I got to you know, let you go, Brad. You know, but I just... If, there we go. Let me just pray for you, Brad. And, and uh, Father, I just thank you for Brad. I just pray that you'd be with him. And uh, Lord, I thank you for his call and I thank you for his heart. Lord, I just pray that you continue to grow him and bless him even as he's out driving the truck uh, on the road. Lord, that you'd minister to him. Um, that, that all of these things that he's experienced, Lord, that you would use them for good. That you would uh, remind him uh, this is uh, what was to be expected. And yet you're greater and you're working and you're fulfilling your plan and your purpose. And so encourage him. And just encourage him even now and bless him with his children, Lord, and help him even with these difficulties that he's going through, Lord. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it, Brad. God bless you uh, there in Sioux City, Iowa. Let's, uh, 303-690-3000, folks, if you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000. Jason Vandeveer with you here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Melissa in Denver. Melissa, welcome to the program. Thank you. Yep. I How are you? I have a question. Sure. Um, it's kind of a personal question, like for you. Do you believe in the Ten Commandments? Um, what do you mean, do I believe in them? 
Do do you do you mean we do I should follow them? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, because the question, do I believe in them? Yeah, they're they're in the scripture. So obviously, I know that they exist. The question that do I follow the Ten Commandments? That's a that's a different question. Um, yes, absolutely. you follow the Ten yeah. Commandments. So so nine of the Ten Commandments are reiterated in the New Testament, and that's because they're God's moral law. And so yes, absolutely, uh, I believe the only one that's not reiterated is the Sabbath, and that's because that was ceremonial uh, in terms of God's relationship with Israel. So the other nine are, are, are all matters uh, of morality. And as believers in Jesus Christ, it is our responsibility, uh, it is our privilege, it is, it is the response to salvation that we should want to do those things uh, that are pleasing unto God. So the answer to your question would be yes. But why all nine and then just not one? The Sabbath is a ceremonial commandment. It's not a moral commandment, and it's specifically related to God's relationship with Israel. In fact, in the New Testament, we see uh, in the book of Colossians that that there wasn't necessarily a regard in the church for Sabbath. So uh, under the New Covenant, which is grace, we're not under the Old Covenant of the law. Uh, the Sabbath is not a responsibility that is to me as a member of the church. It was part of God's covenant under the Mosaic law to Israel. Okay, so why do some Baptists go Sabbath day, um, and God said that it would be forever, the Sabbath day would be even in heaven? See, Melissa, I knew you were going here, and uh, that's why I answered and asked you the questions that I did, because I had a feeling you were going to want to call and argue about the Sabbath. You'd have to ask those uh, Baptist Sabbatarians or Seventh-day Adventists why they feel a need to keep the law, which is clearly uh, dealt with in Galatians chapter 3 and in the book of Colossians uh, and so many places throughout the New Testament. uh, We discover that that Sabbath-keeping is a part of God's covenant with the nation of Israel. Uh, it is not of God, part of God's covenant under the new covenant of grace. Okay? Yeah, sorry, I wasn't arguing that part. I just wanted to know your part of it. Yeah. And, and so what, is there, is there an additional aspect to this that you're wondering about, or, or why, why do you ask, I guess? No, I just wanted to see your point of view about it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear. Um, I would encourage you, like I said, Galatians chapter 3, elsewhere, the book of Colossians, um, deals with Sabbath-keeping and new moons and feasts and so forth. And and a lot of times people want to gravitate toward this. Here's what, here's what I would tell you, uh, the book of Romans chapter 7, elsewhere. Um, if you are a debtor uh, to keep the law, you're a debtor to keep the whole law. That's what, what the Apostle Paul said. You, you have to keep... Uh, hundreds of commandments. You don't just get to keep uh, part uh, of the law. And so uh, that that's a problem for a lot of people because they want to keep the Sabbath or they say, I want to keep the dietary laws, or they say, I want to keep these other things that were part of God's covenant with the nation of Israel, uh, but they don't keep all 600 commandments, right? And so Paul tells us in, in Romans, look, you're, you're unwise, uh, if you, you do that because now you're a debtor to, and, and he says in Galatians chapter 5, you're a debtor to keep the whole law. You don't get to just choose parts of it. So we're not under the law at all. Uh, I'm, I'm not under the law. I, I keep uh, those things that God calls me to keep uh, as a matter of obedience. In other words, uh, I am saved by grace through faith, 
not of works, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And so then the things that Jesus Christ calls me to do, uh, I do as best as I can out of love. And when I don't, and believe me, there's times when I don't uh, uh, keep those commandments, uh, then... 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Okay, thank does you. That, does, does that make sense yes. to you? So, so, so it's very, um, I would just say this, it's very noticeable uh, when you look in the New Testament at what commandments are repeated, and they're the ones that are moral, not a matter of ceremony. And by ceremony, I mean the Sabbath was a ceremony. The dietary restrictions uh, were ceremonial and specific to the nation of Israel. In other words, it wasn't moral that you took the Sabbath, uh, but it is a matter of morality if you murder somebody. It's not moral what food you eat, but it is a matter uh, of morality if you commit adultery. You see the difference? Yeah. And that's how the New Testament lays it out for us. Okay? So it wouldn't matter if we did go on... Um, the Sabbath day or any other day. Um, it wouldn't matter if you went to church on the Sabbath day or any other day. Is that what you're? What you're? Yeah. What you're? Yeah. No, it, it it doesn't matter. In fact, Paul says one man esteems one day, another man esteems all days alike. And so, um, you know, it, it doesn't so matter what day. I would suggest to you this: when we see the early church gathering, we see them gathering on the first day of the week. They didn't gather on the Sabbath. They gathered on Sunday. Now, part of that was because it was a church in transition. They were Jewish, so they were still worshiping as Jews uh, on the Sabbath, and then they were part of the church. They were worshiping as Christian Jews on the Sabbath and then as part of the church on Sunday. But as things began to evolve, you had Gentiles in the church. Of course, they're not uh, keeping the Sabbath. And so there was no responsibility for them to keep things like circumcision uh, or to keep things like the Sabbath. And that's why in, in Acts chapter 15, when we see the first Christian council there in Jerusalem taking up you know, what responsibilities, namely, first and foremost, the issue of circumcision, um, did the Gentile believers have to take up the ceremonial aspects of the law? In other words, did they need to become Jewish before they could be Christian? The answer was no. Oh, okay. Okay? So, yeah, so so back to your question then, just in case I didn't answer it clear enough for you. Um, yeah, if you go to church on, on Saturday, if you go to church on Sunday, if you go to church on Wednesday, hey, I, I, I would encourage you, go to church as much as you can. Get into the Word of God as much as you can. Um, yeah. But... but if you're not keeping the Sabbath, um, there's no requirement for you to do so. Okay, thank you. Okay, yeah, you bet. God bless you, Melissa. God bless you too. Yep, take care. Thanks for your call. Bye bye. Yep, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. That's the number to call if you want to join me on the air. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel, welcome to the program. Hey, Daniel, can you hear me? We might have lost Daniel. Daniel, if if uh, we lost you, give us a call back. Let's go to Jackie in Denver. Jackie, welcome to the program. Hey, hey, Jackie, how are you? Hey, this is actually Thomas, Jackie's uh, boyfriend. How are you doing? <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm glad I understand the relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, just so you don't think just, it's just a mixed-up so, order or anything like that. Just so we're clear. Hey, welcome to the program, Thomas. Thank you. And what's your name, sir? My name is Jason. What can I do for you? Jason, um, I had to ask you a question, but I wanted to first understand how you became a Christian. Were you were you a Christian from birth, or, or did you believe in anything else when you were younger? 
No, you know, uh, I'll be really quick because we're running short on time, so I want to yeah, give yeah, enough no time worries, for your people. question. But but Long basically, sentence. no, no, uh, I'm like David. David said, in sin did my mother beget me. In other words, I was born uh, with, a, with a sin nature, and, uh, and, and, and I became a, a believer when I was about 16 years old. Uh, started so attending that, Calvary did you Chapel. Believe in, uh, that the world was uh, just random and evolution, or did you always believe that there was a creation behind it? No, I, 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 there's a difference. I believed uh, that God existed, and I believed a lot of things uh, that are in the Bible, uh, but okay. I wasn't walking with God. So I knew, okay. I believed, but, uh, but I wasn't, wasn't saved. Okay. okay? So this is my question from you, and yep. I'll use a hypothetical scenario. Sure. Imagine, and uh, I'm someone who believes in uh, evolution, evolutional theory or something that is against Christianity— Right, and let's say let's say my beliefs change over the course of time, and I take the hurdle from going to believing in evolution, and I take a hurdle into creationism. And I say, hey, the world mm-hmm. seems to uh, show me that someone must have created it. Okay, mm-hmm. there's that first step. Right. What is that? How do you get to the next hurdle to being like, okay, the the man who did it, Jesus Christ. It's um, right. It's not right. this. It's Jesus Christ. It's not the Quran. It's, it's Jesus I got Christ. you. Yeah. So 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 yeah. So so let's talk about the process. So so someone is an evolutionist. Uh, maybe maybe they would consider themselves atheistic or agnostic. Uh, in other words, an atheist says, "I know there's no God," and agnostic says, "I'm not really sure." Right. So that that's the difference. So maybe you're one of those. You believe in 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 ev- evolution. Do do me a favor if you got your radio on. Make sure you yeah, turn that down. down too. Yeah. Perfect. And and you believe in evolution. But then all of a sudden you start believing, no, I, I, I see evidence for intelligent design, and therefore I believe in some form of creationism. How do I get from there to believing that the creator is the God of the Bible and Jesus Christ? And not someone else. Yeah, I- exactly. I-, I understand your question perfectly. And and what you've got to go to is you've got to begin to to pray and get into the Word of God and see what the Bible says about creation. And so— yeah, but- if Go I were ahead. to open another book, they would say the complete opposite. No, not exactly, because what you'll find in most of these other religions is, is that they don't always deal with creation or they don't deal with it on a, on a scientific level if they deal with it at all. But the Bible does. And in fact, if you begin in Genesis chapter 1, you begin to see an account, uh, a scientific, because the Bible is, is a history book, the Bible is a poetry book, the Bible is a spiritual book, the Bible is a science book, it's all of these things. People don't really realize that. And so I, my encouragement to you is, is, is to go and be getting getting into the scripture and see what the Bible says about creation and see if that doesn't line up with now the creation uh, that you are starting to believe in and the creation views that you're starting to develop. And I can give you some some resources, if you like, as well, uh, that can help you in this study. And then I would encourage you uh, to give us a call back as you have questions and, and uh, let us pray for you. But uh, I would encourage you, there's a great website. Well, first of all, you if you'd like, uh, I just taught Genesis, the first part, uh, for I don't even know how many times, uh, but uh, the most recent time, just a few min- months ago, uh, you can go and watch all of those videos as we go line by line through Genesis. So you can go to CalvaryChapelParker.com, go to Genesis just, yeah. Series 2. Hey, just let me, uh, hang on, Genesis Series 2, and you can watch or listen to those 
and uh, see what you think. You can also use a resource called Answers in Genesis, uh, with some great scientists and some great scientific articles there. Uh, you can also uh, go to Institute for Creation Research, icr.org. Uh, and those are a couple of great uh, resources where you you can begin to explore what the Bible says about creation. And so then the question becomes, what is the most plausible answer? In other words, you, you're yeah, never going to— take away all biases, if I had every single book of historical yep. religion, whether it be yep. Eastern Hemisphere or Western Hemisphere— I, I just I'm, I'm trying not to be biased. I'm an American. Obviously, people sure. are going to point the Bible towards me. Sure. Imagine, imagine if I was born in an area where no one could point any bias towards me. I just don't understand how. I guess sometimes when you make that hurdle, it's one hurdle. Mm-hmm. You go from believing in creationism automatically into Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But for the people who could believe in a creational world, but they still are kind of skeptical people who kind of <laughs> need. Okay, I believe there's a creator, but I'm not sure who it is. I just. From a non-Christian standpoint, I'm I'm, I'm very um, curious yeah. as to how you guys make that next that second hurdle in your. Well, look here. Without- here here's the here's the bottom line. If you if you believe in creation, uh, half the work has been done. Then you've just got to figure out who is the creator, and. The fact is, is there is a creator. There is yeah. not creators. In other words, uh, what you yeah, find, yeah. yeah. In other words, there is one truth, and there are going to be a lot of untruths, right? Mm-hmm. So, so something is going to be right, and everything else is going to be wrong. We don't live in yeah. we don't live in a relative world. Relativism is 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 foolishness, and and I think yeah, you're a smart enough. You're a smart enough guy to, to realize that, uh, that it's a self-defeating uh, philosophy of life. Uh, so there's truth and, and, and there is everything else. And so what you've got to get to is, is what is the most plausible explanation uh, of, of what I see in creation? Is it the biblical account of creation? Uh, or is it one of these others? And as I said, you won't find anything as comprehensive in any of these other religions as you will in the Bible. And okay. you certainly won't find anything as plausible or as scientific. So, okay. so uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not discouraging you to just uh, make a leap of faith without evidence. I'm saying go ahead and take a look because I'm confident. You're saying Christians found plausibility in the, in the Bible other than others. I, I, I would say that, that the preponderance of the evidence leans toward what the Word of God has to say about creation. Let me throw out a great book for you since you sound like a pretty smart guy. It's by Dr. Norman Geisler, G-E-I-S-L-E-R, and it's I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Obviously, you're not an atheist, but he deals with a lot of the issues of cosmology and creation in there. So I hope that helps you. God bless you. Yeah, I got to right run, now. Thomas. Thank you so much for your time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. God bless, guys. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.